Blog Talk Radio. You heard of the quiet storm. Now be ready for the thunderstorm. It's a show where we can't be quiet. Discussing world affairs from the Christian hip hop perspective. That's right, the Christian hip hop perspective. With your host, Christian hip hop artist and sports blogger, GQ Forever. Turn up your radio. You are now listening to The Thunderstorm. When y'all hear that, y'all pretty much know what time it is. It is on. My mic's on. Everybody's in attendance. Ladies and gentlemen, you tune in to the 325-18 version of the Thunderstorm. For the 69th time we do this, let's get it cracking. Wow, wow, wow. Y'all don't officially say it, man. I'm a man of my word. Congratulations to the Kansas Jayhawks. They knock off the Duke Blue Devils. They move on to the Final Four. To Coach K, the GOAT, to Grayson Allen, thank you for a wonderful four years. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to retool. Time to re-think this thing, try to remix a little bit, and get back in this hunt again for next season. But congratulations to Kansas again. I'm a man of my word. Congratulations to a tremendous fan base in the Kansas Jayhawks fan base. Rock Shark Jayhawks, there it is, I said it. But thank you again to Duke for a fantastic season. Ladies and gentlemen, you're tuned in to the storm. I'm your host, GQ. Sounds just like it sounds. Some of y'all call me GQ forever, because we are forever, and we'll live forever in glory with the King. My man DC is right here. Uh, you guys keep my man uh, Trail in prayer. He's headed back towards uh, the Charlotte, North Carolina area right now. We have him and his family in prayer as he travels. Uh, hopefully should make the studio sometime during the course of the broadcast. If not, we'll do everything we can to hold it down behind him. But let me officially welcome DC and Trail to the Thunderstorm family. Y'all act. Y'all was impressed. They passed the test. Looks like they in. Like the pages on Facebook. GQ underscore four underscore EVA. Inside the Eagle I-G-G-L-E-S. Y'all should know that by now, but just in case you don't, you tune in for the first time. Like the Thunderstorm Hip Hop Sports Entertainment Network. Um, I leave my personal page out sometimes. Jeffrey Knox, editor, sports writer, journalist on Facebook, like that. Make sure you bookmark and listen to newer class episodes on iTunes. Tune in. Stitcher. We're live right now with Simulcast on blogtalkradio.com. Click the link that we send out via social media or tell your friends to dial the number. And here it is, 602-753-1759. Follow us on Twitter. At GQ underscore four underscore EDA. At Storm Sports 66. At Storm Radio 66. You could be anywhere in the world tonight, but you're tuning in with us, and we appreciate it. We got a lot of stuff to talk about. Uh, I don't remember us ever doing an actual storm when we didn't have a guest. We're just holding it down by ourselves here tonight, ladies and gentlemen, but we got a monster coming on Friday, and I'm not going to spoil the surprise. I'll probably tell y'all what that is around uh, midweek sometime, but we got a monster guest on Friday Night Live coming up in the coming week. Thank you for tuning in for Sunday Night Live. If you go to Roll Call, 
What's up, South Carolina, North Carolina, Virginia, D.C. Um, shout out to the West Coast, Cali, San Diego, San Francisco, L.A. Shout out to Vegas. Always tuning in and showing us love. Um, shout out to everybody on this analytics map I got here. Everybody that listens around the world, man. South America is down with the storm. Asia is down with the storm. Don't know how y'all know what we're talking about, but welcome. <laughs> the U.K. is always, Africa is always, man. We thank y'all every single time. I can't make this stuff up, man. We got an analytics map. It's lit up. Tells me how old you guys are that are listening. Tells me where you're listening from. Thank you to each and every one of y'all for tuning into the storm tonight, man. Uh, lots going on. Black Panther finally dethroned at the box office. After a six-week coronation, after a six-week uh, hold of the title, Black Panther has now been dethroned. Um, Universal and Legendary Pictures Pacific Rim Uprising uh, takes the top spot at the box office this week. Um, your president continues to come up in all kinds of news for the wrong reasons. Apparently he had an affair with a porn star. Uh, <laughs> don't know what these guys are thinking sometimes. But, yeah, had an affair with a porn star. For some reason they think these girls are going to keep that thing quiet. I have never seen anybody famous have an affair with a porn star and then not bring that up the first chance they got. So, shout out to uh, Donald Trump for that. And, ladies and gentlemen, Welcome, as always, to the broadcast. Got my little brother here with me as we went on. We hope, we hope Trail, again, we got him in prayer. We hope he's able to join us on the broadcast tonight. But right here beside me, I got one of the newest members of the Thunderstorm family. Give it up for my man, D.C. What's going on, bro, Ham? What's going on, man? <laughs> Everything's good, man. Your president's uh, involved with Stormy Daniels, who's apparently a porn star. So uh, that's going on. Uh Looking around the sports world, there's a lot of stuff we can talk about tonight. Uh, Easter Sunday is coming up on next Sunday. You got any big plans for Easter? Uh, not right now. It's still up in the air. So, who knows? All right, all right. Easter plans still up in the air for D.C. And, man, I got to tell you, too, um, anybody that knows us knows that we call it Resurrection Sunday because we really don't like the term Easter. But happy Resurrection Sunday to those of y'all who are um, who are followers of Christ. Um, I get choked up every time we get on this particular subject. I get uh, I get a lot of emotions flowing through me every time we talk about Jesus and what he did for us, man. Uh, we some clouds of time, man, but in all seriousness, uh, no greater sacrifice than the one he made. What you got on that, D.C.? Like I said, me growing up as in a Christian household, you know, Easter is very important to us too. Normally, normally we always do go to church and all that. So, like I said, that's what I might be doing. But like I said, people see this Easter, like you said, but I see it as Jesus rising again from the dead, and that's very important to me. You know, He forgave us for our sins and let us know He was okay. So, Easter is very close to me too. It means a lot. Yeah, couldn't have said that any better myself, man. Um. Got to get right into it, man. To be honest with you, um, I've I've been very active on social media this last month or so. Um, yeah. A lot of people said I don't spend enough time on social media to interact with everybody that shows us love and everything. So I've tried to be as active and show as much love as possible. And sometimes my mouth has got me in trouble. 
But apparently um, we were actually talking about Resurrection Sunday, man. We were talking about the sacrifice um, Jesus made. Uh, we'll all be donning our Easter suits and dresses so we can attend, uh, whether it be a sunrise service, a nighttime service, whatever it is you guys do, that's your preference, that's fine. But we got on the subject of God's law, things of that nature. We also got on the subject of everything from tithing to spiritual gifts. And I've gotten a lot of questions about tithing over like the last week or so. And this is what I'll say about this, man. A lot of people will tell me, as I posted today, that they don't have enough money to tithe. They can't afford to tithe. And I always tell people, you you can't afford not to tithe. You know, I mean, it's it's really the best business deal that's ever been created in the history of man. Let's think of all the business deals we go into, and you got a guy that sits here and tells you, I don't even want most of your money, which I could ask for that. All I want is 10% of what you got. Now, see, when you give me your 10%, what it does is it creates a supernatural and spiritual protection over the other 90%, actually 100% of your money. And then if you decide at that point that you want to give on top of the 10% that you've earned, that's now called a seed. And when you give that seed, now I can bless you. I can't think of any business deal that's better than that one. But a lot of people have told me they get into situations where I have to think about whether I'm going to pay my rent, whether or not I'm going to pay my, um, whether I'm going to pay my tithe, and then that can cause a problem. And to that I say, make it relational, man. We've all had situations where we may have had addictions we may have had to get over. We may have had um, some down periods in our life and our development that we've had to get over, some uh, unexpected deals that we had to suffer through, the lights have been turned off, whatever it is that's been your trial or your situation, God sometimes has not delivered you from those things immediately. It became a relationship. It became something that you can pray about, that you can walk with him through. And I say tithing should be no different, man. Make it a relationship. If you can't give God 10%, start out with 1%. And tell God, you know what, God, I'm going to be faithful with this 1%. I may not be able to give you 10 right now, but I give you 1, and I'm going to make sure I'll be faithful in that 1%. And then watch what he does with 1%. I guarantee you what he'll then do is he'll make it possible for you to pay 2, 5, 7, 10. And uh, I will say this to some of y'all because I do know some of y'all. Y'all don't have to go to McDonald's six times a week either. That might be where your time money is going. <laughs> What's your thoughts on that, D.C.? Like I said, man, um, you know, God, he really doesn't judge about how much money is given to him. It's just he just wants to know that you're at least trying and being a part of it. It's not really about, oh, who's giving the most or who's doing the most. It's just at least trying. Show that you care, you know, because he definitely shows that he cares about us every single day when he wakes us up in the morning. And like I said, Nobody's saying drop Jay-Z money on these ties and all. Just just do what you can, and it's, it's not a lot. Yeah, yeah. But it is, man. Like I said, um, 10% can be easy when we realize what we spend our money on. Um, write things down. Look at what you're spending your money on. I promise you you'll probably be able to free up your 10% there or even close. But be faithful in what you're giving, man. If it can only be 1% this time, make a relationship. God, I trust you to help me with this 1%, and then maybe at some point we can get it to 10 and everything. But um, I've seen the effects it's had on people's lives. I've seen what's going on. But definitely, man, um, it's a it's one heck of a business deal that you can place yourself in with probably one of the greatest proprietors of money we've actually seen in the history of our creation, man. 
And um, from that, we go to the Sabbath. Um, a lot of people tell me, I don't work on Sunday. I don't do this. I don't do that. And so that, cool. We all need we all need a physical rest of some sort. We all need to be, we all need to take a break at some sort. We don't want to wear ourselves yeah. out, whether it be spiritually, mentally, or physically. But let me say this about yeah. the Sabbath. If that's your definition of Sabbath, you may have missed the point at some, at, uh, a little bit. And this is something that I said on social media earlier this week that uh, caused some reaction and some uprising and a lot of questions, but I'll go ahead and answer it this way. In terms of the Sabbath, when we honor the Sabbath to keep it holy, that was never about just taking a day off. Yes, God took a day off after he did that, everything and created all this in six days. But it's deeper than that. The Sabbath is about, as we move into Easter, resting from your ability. A lot of y'all think you've got to get right with Jesus. I've heard a lot of people in country talk say, I've got to get myself right. We've got to get right. But what you've never heard anybody say is they got right. And the reason is is because you can't. That, too, is a relationship. But thank God he gave his son so we don't have to make it on our own. We don't have to prove to him that we're worthy because we become worthy by just our acceptance of him. It's not your behavior. It's not your attitude. It's the decision you make. And that's basically what the Sabbath is. It's about resting from your self-effort. It's about resting from your own ability. It's about resting on what you do. It's about resting from you and resting in him. And when you rest in him, then we start to see the manifestation of what it was, and we start to see the shared blood of Jesus manifests itself in all kinds of ways, whether it be healing, whether it be this, whether it be that. Because me and my own ability, I can't heal somebody from cancer. But when you rest in Jesus, honor that Sabbath, rest in him, the Holy Spirit can begin to work and we can get those things going. You got anything you want to add to that, D.C.? Um, yeah, I want to add to something that you said about when people say they never got right with God, this and the third. I feel like another reason why people feel that way, and you can you can tell me if I'm wrong on this or not, GQ. Um, I really want to point out to them holier than thou people. Like those type of people always have God or Jesus seem like he's just this uptight person, and he's not. And I I feel like that's why some people feel like they don't have a close relationship with him, or they feel like they don't need him because those certain types just make it seem like God is just strict on everything that you do and you got to be this perfect angel in his eyes. Even when like the people in the church, even sometimes the pastor, then they're, they're not hundred percent perfect, but of course they would never have you think that. And that's just my point of view from it, but you can tell me if I'm wrong or not. Am I wrong for that GQ? Makes perfect sense, Makes perfect sense man. A lot of times what ended up happening was with me. Somebody had it in my head that when we got to heaven, heaven was going to be this big, this big pearly gate. We were all going to be standing in a line. Somewhere along the line, we were just going to bump into Peter, who was going to be guarding the pearly gates. And only this big high-definition TV, they were going to play back the book of life and play all my mistakes and so on and so forth. And that was going to be the determination of where I got in. And heaven's nothing like that, man. And um, if you view God as a disciplinarian, as this, as this, this strict ruler, you're just waiting there with a with a with a cat of nine tails waiting to beat you for everything you do wrong. That's not him at all, man. God is love. God loved us so much that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And when we look at God, we see him showing his love in the manifestation of giving us his only son. He's not worried about what you did. He's worried about what his son did. 
and when you put your faith and your belief and everything in what his son did, then you can start to see things change. He was never going to be impressed with anything that you did. Nothing you did was ever going to get you from heaven. That's what the Sabbath exactly. is. That's what honoring the Sabbath means. And that's what God is. God put all his punishment on his son so he never had to put this punishment on you. Now, you just renew your mind when a mistake is made. You change your thought process so it lines up with the word. You don't try to change the word so it lines up with your thought process. And then we can move on and we can make some things happen, man. Because we got more important things to be doing. We should be healing the sick. We should be restoring sight to the blind. We should be doing all those things that God did through the Holy Spirit. We're supposed to be doing those things now, but we're still trying to figure out whether or not we're forgiven or not. We have been. Yes. So. And the thing is, some people some people never realize that God already knows what, what you're going to do and what you have done. That's what you need to remember, too. Absolutely, man. He always said, I'm sorry. And I'm not even mean to cut you off, but I'm saying, I mean to say, um, every sin is not greater than the other, as I was always told, and that's what, and that's what he said. So just keep that in mind, people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 15, 15 minutes into it, the storm is on. Thank y'all for tuning in. Ladies and gentlemen, we got one lined up for you. When we come back, uh, do you see, uh, let's talk a little bit of NFL when we come back, man, because, uh, we're talking with the idea, man. Now, this was before your time, but we used to be Thunderstorm Sports, and people have asked what happened to Thunderstorm Sports. We've been toying with the idea of whether or not we bring Thunderstorm back to an actual show, Thunderstorm Sports, or if we make the Thunderstorm Sports thing a part of the Thunderstorm lineup. But we're going to kind of have us a little bit of a simulcast broadcast right now. We're going to do a little Thunderstorm Sports on the storm, and we're going to talk a little NFL. Cool with you? That's cool with me. All right. Raw Royal, no return on the other side of that. We're going to get into a little bit of NFL. You listen to the storm. Keep it locked.
every day won't be a cakewalk. In fact, those days are far and few. Gotta keep pushing on to do what I gotta do. It's gonna get lonely at times. It's gonna be some goodbyes, some middle fingers, some lies, cause some sacrifice. And one or two will stay true. Three or four may understand. Because they choose to sit, don't mean I don't deserve to stand. Gotta execute the plan with those like precision. No, it's hard to make the step even harder than the decision. Stand out and be different, even if it makes a difference. Start off at the beginning and then go to distance. Speak with the real conviction, regardless of your predicament. Learn to think and to speak and to reach it with no limits. It's gotta be more than this. It's gotta be more for me. It's gotta be something greater. Just go for my destiny. It's gotta be a better life than for others to struggle. I'm hungry, I gotta hustle. My voice is no longer muffled and I'm feeling alive. Putting me, putting D 
D.C., putting trail, putting all us on the cross, would have gotten you nothing. And if you had you gotten on the cross, you probably still would have had to go to hell anyway. But thank God for a perfect sacrifice and a perfect lamb that we all, all we have to do with now is just believe what he did, believe who he is, and now we get our pass to heaven, man. So that's what that is. And uh, thank you um, to Frankie from, um, where were you from? Boston, Massachusetts. Thank you, Frankie, for your email. Um, also from the Thunderstorm Storm Mailbag, loving the storm, loving the guy. You guys are back, loving the new format. Uh, welcome, D.C., and trail to the broadcast. So thank you as well. We're back on. We're back and running. Just looking through the, the emails here. D.C., what you got for us, bro? All right. I want to step into the NFL, the, the sports world, right quick. You know, I want to talk about your man, Michael Bennett. I've, I've seen that you guys picked him up. How do you feel about that, GQ? I think everybody was excited about the Michael Bennett trade in the beginning. Um, I think a lot of people are still excited about it in spite of the news that we learned recently. But uh, we'll have to see what happens there. Um, he does add to a, he does add to an already dominant pass rush and defensive line. But um, things have gotten himself in a little bit of trouble here. I actually wrote about that yesterday, man. Um, on the inside the Eagles, we talked a little bit about him. Um, let me see. I think I actually had the indictment here. This is what I got here, man. From the office of the district attorney in Harris County, Texas. NFL player indicted by Harris County Grand Jury. A Harris County Grand Jury indicted Philadelphia Eagles defensive end Michael Bannon for felony charge of injury to the elderly for injuring a 66-year-old paraplegic who was working at NRG Stadium to control access to the field at Super Bowl uh, 51, prosecutor said. On February 5, 2017, Bennett was a spectator in town to watch his brother, a player for the New England Patriots. Uh, that would be Martellus Bennett, for those who don't know. Immediately following the game, Bennett shoved his way onto the field where players were gathering to celebrate. NRG security personnel, including the 66-year-old disabled victim, told Bennett he had to use a different entrance, different entrance for field access. Instead, he pushed through them, including the elderly woman who was a part of the security team. The charge, injury to the elderly, includes intentionally and knowingly causing bodily injury to a person 65 years or older. It carries a penalty of up to 10 years in prison and a $10,000 fine as a result of the indictment. A warrant has been issued for Bennett's arrest. Prosecutors are working with Bennett's counsel regarding his surrender. Uh, also, too, we've learned since then that Bennett has been out of the country. He has acknowledged the fact that there was an indictment and a warrant issued for his arrest and has told authorities in Houston that he will surrender himself once he comes back stateside. So that's where we are with that. Wow. It's crazy to hear stuff like that, man. Like, when you had these good plays and they get into so much trouble in the offseason – that's one thing I never understand is, like, why can't you ever just take it easy and sit back? That's the one I never got mm-hmm. about these plays. Why Why do you always have to be out doing something crazy and jeopardizing your whole career and, you know, just stopping, stopping your money flow or messing up your fan base or – just just whatever's important to you, like you're blowing it with these kind of situations. I, I never did stuff like that. Uh, GQ, can you explain this to me? I can't, to be honest with you. Now, I will say this. Um, since since the news of this, we put a poll up on the uh, at Inside Eagles Twitter page and on the Facebook page um, just asking people, are you now uh, bothered by the Michael Bennett decision? 
I also asked them in another article that we posted on yesterday, um, would you now release Michael Bennett at this point? Um, overwhelmingly, the response has been mixed, but there's been more no's than yeses. And a lot of the questions, D.C., is there's been two off-seasons since this happened. Why all of a sudden now is this an issue? Um, That's true. Did our research, that is true. According to um, – and I had his name here. Actually, I'm going to pull up that article that was so well written by yours truly. But the um, the Houston police chief, I'm going to get his name for you right now as I'm looking. Art Acevedo is the Houston police chief. Now, apparently from what they're saying and what he said in the, uh, a news conference related to the incident, man, was, they had other more important cases that they had to look at first, um, more higher profile cases that they wanted to look at first. And once they were done with those, they then turned their attention to the Michael Bennett case. Um, another Super Bowl has been played since this incident has happened. Michael Bennett, by all means, no angel has gotten in trouble before, but um, if he's really this terrible human being like they're trying to paint him to be right now, why Why does it take so long? You would have prioritized this case, if I'm not mistaken. And his sister actually tweeted some stuff out right before um, she made her account private, at, which is a smart move because you just don't have the idiots come in and attack her. But she was talking about this is just another attempt to bring somebody down. Um, all of this is unnecessary. But what she did do was she posted some footage, man, and that footage showed her in the stands cheering with her brother, and then it uh, – goes to them running onto the field, and that was supposed to be her evidence that how is this showing him doing anything wrong. But there's a big there's a big blot of time missing, man, from the time they left the stands to when they're running on the field. That part is missing. <laughs> but um, no witnesses, no video evidence. I'm hoping nothing comes from this, but uh, we'll have to wait and see, man. Okay. My question is, do you feel like this is another – Michael Vick kind of incident, like, like something. Well, I know some people in my head mixed feelings about this, because in my eyes, what what they did with Michael Vick with the animals is kind of small. But I love animals. But I just feel like it's just a whole nother being black thing, a black wealthy player. Do you feel like that's what this is? I understand the uh, I understand the Michael Vick thing a little bit more. Um, there was dog fighting going on, which was illegal. There was an admission to that. Um, there were several incidents that they had documented. Um, now, my, I would say this about Michael Vick. Now, I think the attack that he's continued to take since that's happened, I think is wrong, and I think you're stupid if you continue to make Michael Vick out to be this bad guy. Um, he's done yes. more for the ASPCA. I didn't even know what the ASPCA was until Michael Vick started speaking for them. He's a dog owner. He's corrected his wrongs. He's gone back to speak. He's put up his own money to try to fix this stuff. He's turned the corner now. It has become the type of citizen he wants to. And But that's the society we live in, man. We have a guy that does wrong. He apologizes. They want to criticize whether or not the apology was legitimate or not, whether they accept the apology, whether he meant the apology, and then we continue to, to attack him after it's over. If you're one of those people that was still thinking, hey, Michael Vick's in the league. He doesn't deserve to be in the league. You have totally lost your mind. Nowhere in this country is it is it right to sit here and say that nobody deserves a second chance at a job because they made a mistake on their first job? And, yes, it's a privilege to play in the NFL, but teams 
did their due diligence. They did their research. The Philadelphia Eagles were the only team that was willing to sign him at that time. He's played with several other teams since then. Get over it. Michael Vick's not a bad guy. He made a mistake. We all have. Only problem was he was a mistake with his own season. We could all see it. And also, my other thing I want to talk about, Johnny Manziel and Colin Kaepernick. Now, I, I want to start off first with Johnny Manziel. Now, mm-hmm. I see him in all these practices. You know, he's, he's throwing the ball for the players in their training and all that. Um, How can I say this? Well, well, my first question is, is he ready to come back as a, as a full-time quarterback? And my answer is no. I still don't feel like he's ready. And also, I feel like he should be playing a different position. But, of course, he, he's probably thinking differently. But I feel like with his size and everything, he should maybe be a wide receiver or something like that. GQ, what are your thoughts on this? That's interesting. I've never heard a position change before. What, what about? Let me ask you. What about him? Makes you feeling like he should be a wide receiver? Uh, like I said, it's just it's just the size, man. Because like. How, how how tall is he? How tall is Johnny Manziel? He's, he's not he's not average quarterback height. Is he? No. I had to look. So I had to look. Yeah, I, I I don't think he is. And like I said, I I feel like a position change for him might be better because, like I said, he 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 knows the routes. Now you probably had to work on his running and running the routes and all that. But I feel like a position change could work. But like I said, me knowing Johnny Manziel, he's not going to go through with it. So, uh, he's 25 years old. He's from Tyler, Texas. He is six foot even. He's 210 pounds. He's he's actually the exact same size as Michael Vick. Although some people actually said Michael Vick was like 199, right at 200. So he's probably about 10, probably uh, a half inch taller than Vick is. Because some people say Vick was 5'11", but he's about 10 pounds heavier. Oh, so that's, see, that's, that's why I didn't do that. I guess to answer well, your question, okay. man, I never thought I never thought Manziel was a quarterback coming out of college. I mean, only in college football can you do six pirouettes, unless you're Russell Wilson. Only only in college football can you do six pirouettes, run around, uh, create a big circle behind the line of scrimmage, run to this line, <laughs> run over to that line, <laughs> run between the hash marks, and then complete a pass for a touchdown, man. That doesn't work in the NFL. Um, I, I saw problems with his maturity. Um Yes. I'm always of yes. the mindset, give me a mature quarterback. Uh, Michael Vick, the mature quarterback, was a better quarterback than the Michael Vick immature quarterback, the guy that didn't study, the guy that just ran around. Um, but guys who don't have it between the ears, I don't want them playing quarterback for me in the NFL because the NFL is a cerebral game. While college football is about I'm going to recruit more horses than you got, and because we have better players, we're going to go out there and we're going to over uh, – out-athlete you into a national championship. But I've never seen the Johnny Manziel argument. And for that reason, man, I know me and you going to go different ways on this one. Baker Mayfield, to me, is a bigger Johnny Manziel. I don't see it. I'm not excited. I don't see why everybody else is excited. I can't, I can't get into it. I'm not, I can't. I, just, I feel like in the right hands with Baker, you, you, can, you can get something great. I just feel like you got to think, first Johnny went to the Browns. And you and you know with me being a Steeler, I'm not big on the Browns, but I feel like they're coaching and all that. I don't, I don't feel like it's strict enough now. If he would have went to, 
like somebody like Bill Belichick, then then maybe he would maybe he would have a different mindset. But like I said, just just like with me, with Johnny being coming as a quarterback, it's it's a big no. It's it's a big no. So it's something interesting now. Um, Baker Mayfield is actually six foot one, two fifteen, so he's an inch taller and five pounds heavier than Johnny Manziel and Michael Vick. So. Um, you know, it's crazy, though. Nobody's asking him to play the receiver um, because of his athleticism, but there were actually some some remarks and some comments, man, during the most recent NFL Combine where a lot of NFL teams wanted Lamar Jackson from the Louisville Cardinals. Uh, yeah. Tremendous quarterback, tremendous athlete, uh, tends to fall off in big games. I guess a lot of these guys have. Uh, Josh Allen, the big knock on him coming out of Wyoming now, is he, he looks like Ben Roethlisberger. He's big. He's got the strongest arm in the draft but he didn't beat good teams. And um, you got Lamar Jackson, who struggled against better teams, obviously. Did have a big win against Florida State. Uh, Played Clinton down to the wire, if I'm not mistaken, once. But um, because of his athleticism, and some people believe because he's black, he was asked to move over to wide receiver. And he stayed at the combine, good for you. I'm not playing wide receiver. I'm a quarterback. Um, But here's another thing that's interesting. Now they're saying that he may land with the Houston Texans, which would give the Houston Texans both Lamar Jackson and Deshaun Watson. How do you feel about that? <sighs> Let me see. I feel like I feel like it could work in a way because it's, it's well, I can't say two different quarterbacks. They basically more or less the same with the running and all that. But I feel like Deshaun Watson is a good look. And Maybe Lamar Jackson could work, but like I said, I for me myself, I had to see him in person, and I can give you a better answer. I'm not really a stats and numbers kind of guy. I'm more of a see it, and I can tell you what what they're going to get out of this person. But like I said, I mean, like I said, with Houston, with the with their quarterback problem, it could probably work. But like I said, for me, I have to see. But do you feel like? Lamar Jackson and Deshaun Watson would be good for them, or you indecisive? I'm wondering, one, if Lamar Jackson would make it all the way to the Houston Texans, number one, because I I don't see them. To me, that means that Houston, and I have to look at their draft position, but Houston did make the playoffs. I don't see them going the route of a quarterback with their number one, with their number first round, with their first round selection, I don't see them doing that. Which would mean that Lamar yeah. Jackson would have to fall all the way to the second round, which isn't out of the realm of possibility, uh, based on some of the things we've seen with the draft before. But then again, if he goes to the second round, does he fall all the way to Houston again? But they might. It might not be a bad idea, man, because if you look at what we've seen, the the entire Houston Texans season fell apart when Sean Jackson wasn't available anymore. So. They might need a little bit of insurance at the quarterback position. Yeah, that's true. So these are my. But the, so I'm looking at these. These are the top five quarterbacks, man. You got Josh Allen out of Wyoming. You got Sam Donald um, from the USC Trojans. You got Lamar Jackson from Louisville. You got Baker Mayfield from Oklahoma, and you got Josh Rosen from UCLA. Now a lot of people are saying after his pro day that Sam Donald was number one. Um, he was. Me personally. I think I think uh, and let me get your opinion on that. I I think Josh Rosen from UCLA is probably more ready to play now. You disagree with that? 
No, I said the same thing. I, and I think Sam Donald is a close second. Because I, I like Sam I like Sam Donald a lot, don't get me wrong, but also like Becca Midfield. But Allen, I, I feel like he he will be a, a better quarterback. I see him as, who I want to say? I don't want to say with the Tom Brady, maybe a Manning. I put him as ranking as a Manning. I can see him on that stage mm-hmm. in the right hands, of course. But like like I said, but like I always tell people, I'm not really a big stats and numbers guy because you know with college it's, it's a whole different thing than the pros. You just got to go and see how they do. Because you could think you could think of oh this guy this quarterback he's gonna be good this that and the third and then when he gets on the field he's trash he's average or below average. So like I said, it's just mm-hmm. it's just uh, what you see and what you get. This is Blake in Oklahoma, man, from the Thunderstorm Mailbag. He doesn't like my analysis of of uh, <laughs> he doesn't like my analysis of Baker Mayfield. I'm sitting here reading his email, but um, okay, if Baker Mayfield is not number one, which I believe he is, take the top five quarterbacks, rank them right now. Okay, so we said Donald, Rosen, Allen, Mayfield, and Lamar Jackson. I'll be honest with you, man. If I got to do it that way, I'm going Josh Allen number one. I'm going Donald number two. I'm going, um, honestly, man, I'm going Lamar Jackson at three. I got Lamar Jackson ahead of uh, Josh Allen for Wyoming. The thing about Josh really? Allen and Wyoming is we always get, we get excited about these guys with these big arms, man, and now he's getting these Roethlisberger comparisons. But I'm going to go Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, and then I'm going to go I'm gonna put Baker Mayfield at five. What about you? Woo! Okay, first, first of all, like I said before, I'm going with Allen and Donald's my second. Now I'm gonna, I'm gonna switch it from you. I'm gonna say Baker for three because, like we we always been talking about Baker Mayfield, I always feel like he he would come out being good. And then fourth, of course, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go with Lamar. And then and who's the fifth one? I can't I can't remember the fifth. One. So you got Josh Allen from Wyoming at five, it looks like. Yes, that's it. No, no, I said Allen at yeah. one. Yeah. I said Allen one. Yeah, Josh, Josh Donald. Yeah, Rosen one. Rosen, okay. And Rosen will be last. That That's my top five. So Rosen from UCLA, you got him at five or one? I got him at five. All right, bro. This, all right, it's about to get serious. You got UCLA <laughs> Josh Rosen behind Josh Allen and Baker Mayfield. Like I said, I, I feel like they they have it quarterback wise. This is just my, this, this these are just opinions. I already know I'm going to get a lot of heat behind this. I got you. I got you. I got you. I got you. All right, so give me this again. You got give me one through five one more time just to make sure I heard you right. I heard Josh. I heard okay. Josh Rosen at five. Let me. I got I have I have Allen at number one. I got Donald number two. Uh-huh. Baker May uh huh. Yes. I have Baker Mayfield at three, Lamar at four, and like I said, Rosen at five. This this is just my opinion. This is just all my opinion. Hey. People may say I'm wrong, hey, people may say I'm crazy, but <laughs> this is this is what D C thinks. That's why we do this, man. I'm wondering I'm wondering how Josh Rosen um the the West Coast guy um, mm-hmm. from California with the clear weather. I'm wondering how he does if he goes to like a Cleveland when it gets cold and it gets rainy and the weather gets bad. Uh, 
what happens if he goes to a New York where you got those spoiler wins in MetLife Stadium, man? I wonder what happens if uh, if he lands in one of those places. Can the arm cut through the wind? Um, to your point, Josh, Josh Allen with the strongest arm, can he cut the can he cut the uh, the ball through those tough winds and things of that nature? But I mean, it'll be interesting to see, man. We never know till we know. That's what that's that's what I say. It's all about what you get and who. Who hands they're in? It's all about the coaching. It's really mm-hmm. just down to the coaching and what they learn from past quarterbacks. That's how I see everything. Mm-hmm. We're getting toward. We're getting close to another break here, man. Uh, from the Thunderstorm Mailbag, we got an email here, and this is uh, Kurt from um, from Los Angeles. Kurt says, obviously he's got Josh Allen at number one, but uh, this is his breakdown. Basically, what Kurt is saying is. He sees Josh Allen as the most pro-ready, uh, most polished passer who's ready to play in the NFL right now. He's got Baker Mayfield with a lot of potential and a lot of playmaking ability. He's got Lamar Jackson. He sees Lamar Jackson as a Deshaun Watson prototype, and he believes if Deshaun Watson can be successful, and he doubted him, but he's not going to doubt Lamar Jackson because he seems like he had a little bit more ability. Um Okay. He sees Josh Allen as, as we said, as another big Ben Roethlisberger, and he sees Sam Donald as the guy who we're excited about because he just had a great pro day. He sees him as potentially another great in the NFL, but he also sees him with a lot to work on before he's ready to start. So that's what he's got coming out of LA. Man. And again, you never know till you, you never know till you see it. So we'll have to see what happens when it happens. Exactly. It's all about sitting and waiting and watching. Right. Yeah. We're right up against the break, man. I'm sitting here looking through the emails. We're going to talk a little bit more NFL football. We're going to go Mr. Woods. They don't really know. We'll be right back with you. You're listening to the storm. Keep it locked. I've been up and down this road, all the back and forth. They don't really know about me. Do the best that I can do. There's nothing to prove. Second to talk to ya. Don't get the wrong impression by letting this voice fool ya. Came to have a one-on-one, a heart-to-heart with ya. Let's call it with one-on-one to get the wrong picture. Yeah, our brother do cry sometimes. Can't always hide them emotion behind these punchlines. Mr. Wood goes hard as hell and battle anybody. Don't care how much record you sell. Yeah, that's just another part of my shell. I get love from everybody, but I'm hard on myself. Keep the poker face on, they don't know the card that was dealt. And the deepest motivation to get part of the wealth. It's funny how people judge me, we never spoke a word. So I wrote the song in the form of something like spoken words. So the world can really feel where I'm coming from. And get to know the real MrWoods.com Come on I've been up and down this road All the back and forth They don't really know about me Do the best that I can do There's nothing to prove I know only God can do That's me, no They don't know, they don't know They don't know, they don't know 
history in my background. Wow. Hearing them whispers and hating all up in the background. I'm the topic of gossip all on the boss right. right. That's where they got all the answers to fix my love life. Yellow, yeah, you only live once. I love life. life. Always stayed in touch with all of my fellow alumni. Even though times and things get crazy, still shake hands, give love to the fans, and kiss babies. Maybe if you knew more than just my name, then maybe you know what's deep inside the six foot frame. Or maybe you understand some of the pain I feel when I just don't get the respect. Ronnie Dangerfield. It's funny how people judge me but never spoke a word. So I wrote this song in the form of something like spoken word. So the world could really feel where I'm coming from. Just get to know the real MrWoods.com. I'm gone. When you encourage yourself, it can lead to success. God wants you to be a successful business person. God wants you to be a successful child of God. God wants you to be a successful deacon. God wants you to be a successful pastor. God wants you to be a successful usher. God wants you to be a successful parent. God wants you to be a successful political leader. God wants you to be successful according to his standards. God wants our young people to not just go for C's. God wants our young people to be magna cum laude. God wants our young people to graduate at the top. God wants our young people to go for the gusto. God wants our young people to quit thinking that you got to have your pants pulled down to the bottom of your behind and your hat turned around backward and a Mr. T starter kit around your neck and gold in your mouth and none in your pocket and your rims are spinning while your life is standing still. God! Boy, I dare you to touch as many people around you and say success, 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 success. You're a survivor. You're a survivor. And because you are a survivor, you got to learn how to encourage yourself and stop waiting on everybody else to pat you on the back. Stop waiting for everybody else to tell you to do the doggone thing. Stop waiting on everybody else to tell you it's your time. You got to learn how to encourage yourself. Quit waiting for other people to tell you you look good. Tell yourself that you look good. And if somebody tells you that you don't look good, tell them that's a matter of an opinion and your opinion don't matter. You waiting on somebody to take you out? Take your own self out. Go to the movies for yourself. Get you a hot dog and get you some nachos and get you some lemon heads and drink it all down with a Diet Coke. Hold yourself. Put your arm around yourself.
What's going on? This is your boy DC and GQ back with the Thunderstorm Radio. All right. Now, diving back into the NFL topic, um, I want to talk about Colin Kaepernick. I feel like he should be back in quarterback position playing football once again. But, of course, other people will feel different because of what he has done with the kneeling of the national anthem. And from what we hear, he's been blackballed, and I feel like he's been wrongly done for voicing his opinion like we all do. And I feel like voicing your opinion should never be, how can I say this, be a guilt trip or count as a sin. It's just, it's the things that you believe in. And just because other people don't follow what you do and they want to justify you against that, it's, it's, in my way, it's just sad. But uh, I'm just rambling on. GQ, how do you feel about this whole thing with Colin Kaepernick? This is where I get myself in trouble, my friend, because I don't believe Colin Kaepernick's not in the league because he kneels. I believe Colin Kaepernick is not in the league because he struggles to throw the forward pass and master the NFL playbook. (laughs) Colin Kaepernick was Michael Vick with, I think, a little bit, probably a little faster, probably a little less talent. But he wasn't faster than Michael Vick. He was a guy that was athletic, that ran through the Mm -hmm. Green Bay defense, that made him a star, Mm -hmm. that became a star because – he played the Seattle Seahawks twice a year, and there was one way to beat the Legion of Boom. You had to have a quarterback that could move. If you had a guy that was a standing back there, it was over. Colin Kaepernick put them in positions to win against the Seattle Seahawks and got them to a Super Bowl, if I'm not mistaken, because yeah. he was able to run around. Now, a lot of people credit him with those two Super Bowl victories, but uh, what a lot of people forget, man, is Colin Kaepernick joined the team that had they not fumbled two punt returns, they would have been in the Super Bowl anyway. The team was stacked. This team could have won with Alex Smith. I think Colin Kaepernick enamored Jim Harbaugh a little bit more just because he was more athletic and could do some things with his legs. But I look at a guy and I say to myself, well, if Colin Kaepernick's not in the league because he kneeled for the national anthem, why was Michael Bennett, why was Alex Ogletree, why was Robert Quinn, why was Malcolm Jenkins from the Philadelphia Eagles, why were all these guys still in the league? It's because they could play. I'll never forget, I was watching live this, the uh, San Francisco 49ers, man, and the Arizona Cardinals, and it seemed like Arizona picked them off four times in the first half. I could be wrong, but it just seemed like everything he threw was going the other direction. And I'll never forget Tyron Matthew stating, after John Harbaugh had already said that they had simplified the playbook to make it more comfortable for Colin Kaepernick, I'm not calling him stupid. All I'm saying is they simplified the playbook because the original playbook was too complex. And I remember Tyron Matthews sitting at the uh, the press conference right after that game was over and saying that they had made the, the playbook so simple that they knew what they were doing before they broke it up. <laughs> That's why we picked our four pass. Colin Kaepernick couldn't master the NFL game, and he had one speed, a 90-mile-an-hour fastball. He had no touch. He had no nothing. I don't see him not being in the league because of what he did, man. That's just me. That's why I get in trouble, but that's what I got to say about that. So it's, it's just all down to the playbook with you. 
with the whole Colin yeah. Kaepernick thing. It, it, yeah. There was nothing with him have to be black. Is there him being black? I think it adds on to it, but I think if he could play, I think he'd be on the NFL team. Malcolm Jenkins can play. He kneeled. He took stands against social injustices and got a lot of money from the NFL to help out. <laughs> no, but a lot of these guys went to the NFL, sat there and said, you know, we're kneeling. And Robert Jones was like, you know, forget these people. And, and there was slurs from the Houston Texans owner and the court, and the, and the, uh, the, the, the uh, president of the United States called them sons of, you know, female dogs. Yes. And these guys are all still in the NFL. The only one that's not here is Colin Kaepernick. And it's like, now I think when you take the fact that he um, he struggled with certain playbooks and he struggled in certain in the, in the San Francisco 49ers offense until they made it easy for him. And all he ran at Nevada was that pistol offense, which was easy. And I sit there and I look at all that. I say, now when you add social, social, uh, social, uh, rights advocate on top of that and you yes. add political political minded on top of that, I think that complicates the problem, but I don't think that's one hundred percent of the reason why the uh he's out in the league now. Now it's so, better than most of the quarterbacks in the NFL now that are playing. Not most of them, but a great deal of them. I think he's better than I don't know that he's better than Blake Bortles, to be honest with you. I don't know that he's better than I, I I I threw Nick Foles in that con, comment. Now I definitely know he's not better than Nick Foles. No. Um, would you Would you take him over Roethlisberger? Would Atlanta take him over? Oh. And now which Which Roethlisberger are we talking about? Are we talking about the the old seven, or are we talking about the now Roethlisberger? Now come on, BC. You know you're not taking Colin Kaepernick over Roethlisberger. You know that. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, you know me so well. But but the thing is, I was just thinking back to the whole what, what was it five picks with the Jackson Jaguars. Yeah. That that's what I was thinking about. But in all honesty, no, I'm not picking no Kaepernick over Ben. I I can't do it. I, there's no way I can do it. So we can but, agree that he's but, better than maybe like some of the backups in the league. Why can't he come back as a backup? He's better than some of the backups he, in the league, but I don't see him as a starter. No, I, would you take him over any of these five quarterbacks we just named that are coming into the league now? Probably not. Oh no, 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 no. But okay, but is better than? Um, but, hey, is okay. he better than Tyrod Taylor? Whoo! You want you want all no, honesty for me? So. I don't think he's better. <laughs> no. Than, yeah, go ahead. no, no, I don't think I don't think he's better than Tyrod Taylor. I I I'm not gonna put myself in that line of fire because I know. I'll be lying if I say um, Kyle Kevin was Ben Tyrod Taylor. I like Tyrod Taylor in quarterback position. But Kevin Nate over him, no. Big no. So I'm looking at some of the some of the quarterbacks in the league. Uh, you know he's not better than Cam. We can agree on that. And I've been very critical yeah. of Cam Newton. But I think Cam Newton is light yes. years in his development ahead of Colin Kaepernick. Um, Drew Brees, heck no. Let's no. <laughs> uh so we go like, okay, so now let's go NFC East. Dak Prescott, Colin Kaepernick. I'm going Dak. Uh, uh, I got to go with that, even though I'm a Cowboy hater. I got to go with that. 
I got the first two quarterbacks on the Eagles. Carson Wentz and Nick Foles are better than Colin Kaepernick. We go to the Redskins. Um, Alex Smith, is he better than Colin Kaepernick? He lost his job to him. Mm, I still go with Alex Smith. All right. We got the Giants. Eli Manning, is he better than Colin Kaepernick? No. No, no, no. Not better than Eli Manning, no. Uh, let me see. Let me see. Um, okay, let's go NFC South. We mentioned Cam. We mentioned Drew. We mentioned um, we mentioned, mentioned Matt Ryan. Uh, let's see. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Jameis Winston, is he better than Colin Kaepernick? Yes. Let's go to the West. Russell Wilson, Colin Kaepernick. <laughs> I'm definitely going to rush. If you're the San Francisco 49ers, do you bring Colin Kaepernick back or do you stick with Jimmy Garoppolo? Whew. Uh, uh. JQ, you got to answer this one before I do. Uh. I'm going with Garoppolo. <laughs> I've seen enough. <laughs> I'm going with Garoppolo. I'm going to say that. Everybody uh, thought I was crazy. I once said this, and everybody thought I was crazy, man. I once thought when Garoppolo was on that New England Patriots roster, I said that he had so much upside. You could probably trade Tom Brady, and this is why. You can trade Tom Brady. He's, as, he's the greatest player of all time from the quarterback position. He had a lot of football left in him. But I'm like, you got this young guy that can win games for you who could be good and could be your future, and you got a guy that's got five years left. You can trade him to any NFL team, and they'll give you anything for Tom Brady. And you still got Garoppolo. People thought I was crazy. Okay. That was my belief. But I'm going with Garoppolo over here. So now we go to the L.A. Rams. Jared Goff. I got Jared Goff ahead of uh, Colin Kaepernick. Yeah, I say Jared Goff over Kaepernick, too. I have to. All right. Did we miss anybody in the whip? No, I think that's um, We said Rams. We said Seahawks. You said 49ers. Um, who else is in that division? Rams. You did. You did. You did do my 40s. division. You did. <laughs> oh, the Arizona Cardinals. Now they don't have a quarterback. He can go to Arizona. They got Sam Bradford. Yes. I personally do believe. I believe that Colin Kaepernick is better than Sam Bradford. Yes. Okay. Okay. But you didn't do the Green Bay division, or you didn't do oh, the AFC North. We just in the NFC. We're just in the NFC, dog. So we go to the NFC North now. Green Bay has Aaron Rodgers definitely better than Colin Kaepernick. Woo! I definitely not putting him over. I'm not putting him over. Um, I bet I can. I'm not putting him over Rodgers. I can't. That'd be dumb on my part. Uh, right, Matt Stanford. Where it gets interesting. This is where it gets interesting. We got the we got the Minnesota Vikings and Kirk Cousins. I don't know. Kaepernick might be right there with Kirk Cousins. Both of one game, both of them. Yeah. I mean, Kirk Cousins doesn't beat winning teams. I don't know why yeah, he's yeah. so he's so popular. I don't know why he was the, the bell of the ball as far as the agency is concerned. Chicago. Um, I would probably say that Colin Kaepernick is better than the guy from North Carolina. I forget his name, but uh, that's their starting quarterback, Mitchell Trubisky. Mitchell Trubisky was they traded up to get him. He would have been available when they were able to pick him. Mitch Trubisky is in Chicago. I think Colin Kaepernick is better than Mitch Trubisky is. I do believe that. Okay, okay. And and you yeah, you pick Matt Stanford over him too, I'm assuming. Oh yeah. Matt Stanford is definitely better than Colin Kaepernick. So we've been through 
16 NFL teams, and so far we've found one that he could probably start for and another team that we don't know yet because it's Kirk Cousins. So now we go to the AFC. Yeah. AFC East. Okay. I don't even know, to be honest with you, who uh, the Jets' starting quarterback is anymore. <laughs> I don't either. I don't even know who plays for the Jets. <laughs> All right. So, okay, they're telling me they got a couple of guys there. Um, let me see here. We'll come back to the Jets. They got, like, so many quarterbacks right now, but you know they got uh, Teddy Bridgewater now. Uh, I, I don't know about Teddy. I don't know. I, I, but if you I'm want going, my opinion, I would, I would, I would throw Kaepernick. Yeah, with the Jets, I put him as a star for the Jets. I'm gonna go the other way, man. I'm gonna say uh, I'm gonna put Teddy over, even with the injury and everything. I'm gonna put Teddy over uh, Colin Kaepernick. I think I've seen enough. Um, let's go AFC East with the New England Patriots. We know who plays there. No, no. So. <laughs> No, Buffalo this Beaver. is Tom Brady. No, no. Okay, the Jets have Josh McCown. I think Teddy Bridge. I think uh, Colin. I think uh, Colin Kaepernick's better than him. I think I've seen enough that he's better than Bryce Petty and Christian Hackenberg. But I don't think he's better than Teddy Bridgewater, and I think Teddy Bridgewater wins that starting job. Um, okay. We know he's not better than Tom Brady. No. So let's go to Bills quarterbacks now. Bill's quarterback, if I'm not mistaken, you got A.J. McCarron. Uh, you know, now he might be better than him. Uh, Joe Webb. Think so? And Nathan Peterman. So I think uh, I think that Colin Kaepernick actually could start for the Buffalo Bills. Okay. The Miami, uh, the Miami Dolphins. Yes, I would definitely Miami. put him on Miami. I'll put him on Miami. I'll I'll put him on Miami for one word. Well, two words. Jay Cutler. <laughs> you, you know Ryan Tannehill was hurt now. Ryan Tannehill should be back. Do you think he's better than Ryan Tannehill? No. I can't say he's better than Ryan Tannehill. And they've added Brock Osweiler, but I can say after seeing enough of Brock Osweiler, Brock Osweiler is not better than uh not better than um, Colin Kaepernick. So I've got we got him on about five rosters now. All right, okay. now who do we leave off in the East? We got the, we got the Jets, the Dolphins, the Patriots. Um, that's just hard to do. The Bills. Jets, Dolphins, Patriots, Bills. So we did that. Okay, I think. All right, so now we, we did go to, that one. Let's go to your division. Let's go to your division. Okay, so uh, we got the AFC North: Joe Flacco and Baltimore. Oh, oh! See, this is bad because I am a Steelers fan, and I I do not like the Ravens. So, but to be honest, I'll probably put Joe Flacco over Kaepernick. I got you. I agree with you on that. Um, we got the Pittsburgh Steelers. We already said we're not moving Roethlisberger. Um, let's see. Let's go Bengals here. You got um, is Andy Dalton still there? Andy Dalton, uh, Andy Dalton still there? Far as far as I know. And okay. no, man, I know they no. got I know they got Jason Campbell because I follow his career. But I actually think Jason Campbell's not a bad quarterback. I think he's uh, he can be serviceable when he's needed. Uh, Jason Campbell, um, 
is there. I'm not putting Colin Kaepernick over Andy Dalton with all his limitations. And that's saying a lot because I've been very critical of Andy Dalton. All right. So now let's go Browns quarterbacks. We know they just added Tyrod Taylor. And we know that Tyrod Taylor, um, we know Tyrod Taylor, we've already said, is better than Colin Kaepernick. Their backup quarterback yes. there is Cody Kessler. He could probably back up Tyrod Taylor in Cleveland if we needed him to. But then you got the other situation. Cleveland's got two of the first top five picks, and they're probably going to pick a quarterback. So from this point is, is what do you do? I, uh, I still say, I still say no for the Browns because I mean, look, look at what you just named and listed. I still say no for Kevin. No. Okay. Let me see here. All right, so um, let's see here. Now we're gonna go AFC South. You got um, you got Andrew Luck with the Indianapolis Colts. I say negative. No. Uh, Tennessee Titans, Marcus Mariota. No, I I like Marcus Mariota. I, I think he's a great quarterback. So no. Houston Texans, Deshaun Watson. Now that one me, I don't know because I haven't really watched Deshaun play, so it's that's a toss up for me. I don't know. Uh, Deshaun's good, dude. Deshaun is very good. Deshaun's good. Okay. Like words. I didn't want to believe. I didn't want to believe that because he was uh he was Clemson. But <laughs> uh, but aside from the fact that he played for the Tigers, man, I saw some serious issues that I thought would be a concern at the next level, and so far they haven't been. So. I guess we've got to extrapolate this over a few more games and see more from him, but Deshaun Watson so far looks like the real deal. Okay. And we mentioned the Jacksonville Jaguars and Blake Bortles, and we probably keep Blake. So that leaves us with the AFC West. You have um, now Case Keenum in Denver with the Broncos. I mean, what people have been saying, Kevin, it would be good for Denver. So I'll say yeah. I'll say yeah. I'm a, I'm gonna go Case Keenum over I'm gonna go Case Keenum over um and then they got Paxton Lynch there and we still don't know what he's gonna be. They also got Chad Kelly who also played for Clemson, um, was dismissed from the team, ended up at Ole Miss. He's actually Jim Kelly's nephew, by the way. But um the Raiders we got uh Derek Carr with the Raiders. No. Not not starting over Derek Carr, not doing it. All right. Um, they already got EJ Manuel and Connor Cook there with the Oakland Raiders as well. Didn't know that. All right. And the Chiefs, um, now they enter a new era, and they have uh, Patrick Mahomes uh, that they're going to start next season, and they got Chad Henney behind him. And I don't see Kaepernick is better than either one of those guys. I've had even seen Patrick Mahomes play at the NFL level, and I'd stick with him before I go try to put some retread on the, um, the Kaepernick tires. Oh, you getting on Kevin there hard? <laughs> I, I, like I said, I don't, I don't know because I haven't seen, the, I haven't seen their new quarterback play yet, so I don't know. Yeah, that was a toss up for me too. Okay. Okay. Gotcha, gotcha. All right. Now that's been that's every division. We've been through thirty-two teams, and we agree one hundred percent that Colin Kaepernick can probably start for two of them. <laughs> <laughs> 
And he's a maybe for the Minnesota Vikings. He's a maybe for the Minnesota Vikings with Kirk Cousins. But at this point, if you take me and you out of the argument, I don't think any NFL coach or executive is going to go with Kaepernick over Kirk Cousins at this point, even though I think he sucks too. (laughs) That sums it up right there. (laughs) We did it, man. We went through all 32 teams, man. We get through all thirty yeah, two I'm looking. I'm trying to I'm I'm literally looking through quarterbacks. Um I'm looking at second stringers. I'm trying to figure out if I can work this guy on a roster, man. I really am because I'm looking at backup quarterbacks like, is he better than their backup now? And I see a lot of backups, I would probably leave them the way they are, man, to be honest with you. Hmm. I tell you what though, the Houston Texans probably could have used Colin Kaepernick this year once the Sean Watson went there. That that is true. Well, I, I guess I, all, I feel, I feel like Texas with Tom Brady. <sighs> Who knows, man? I don't know. I have no clue. But like I said, I mean, I like Kaepernick, and I do hope he comes back. You know, I, I just, I just wish him the best, man. That's it's, it's all love with Kaepernick from over here, man. I hate to see I hate to see any man suffer, man. I, I hope I hope things work out for him as well, man. I'll go ahead and jump on it um with you as well because I don't want to see him without a job. Um I've seen the video and the um the social media clips of him throwing the ball now. Mm-hmm. And um to be honest with you, some of the passes look good. Some of them looked a little late behind the receiver, but he's out there throwing and wants to show that he can still throw he can still spin it for some NFL team. But I literally am looking at backups, man, and I'm trying to get him as a backup on somebody's roster. But the, the other problem with Colin Kaepernick is he doesn't see himself as a backup. He believes he's a starter in this league. I mean, well, yeah. I mean, but be honest with yourself. If you if you were a certain position, would you really see yourself as a secondary to anybody? You got a tremendous point there. I definitely see what you're saying. <laughs> I definitely see what you're saying. We're going to talk a little Charlotte hip-hop. Crank up the old school bus. We got the champs, the whinings. Uh, we got three songs in the old school bus battle tonight. Let's get it started with number one. Hey, what's happening, man? Hey, oh, what's doing? up, man? I'm so glad to be back. It's good to have you back. I can't believe I'm with the whining. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Somebody that's with all of us, you yeah. know? He that hath friends must first show himself friendly. Right. Well, I I know by being in this place that there's a whole lot of people that want to know who this friend is. Why don't you tell them about it, Mark? Well, there is a friend that sticks closer than any brother. I got, I got a lot of brothers, right? Yeah. You know who that friend is.
The Champs on the Bus, The Widens, a friend produced by one of our all-time favorite producers, Teddy Rowley, who actually produced that entire album, A Friend is the Champs. We got two challenges tonight, man, and I'm hearing from the DJs that one of the challenges we expected to play just got bumped for another one. We got two old-school favorites that we played before and have actually been champions. Therefore, not the big guns. The Thunderstorm audience wants us to bring back two of the retired champions to challenge for the old-school bus throw once again, and they're two favorites from two artists that they love here. So we're back, man. We have decided that Colin Kaepernick, regardless of what you people think, can probably start for two NFL teams. We put him on the Bills. We put him on the Arizona Cardinals. Everything else is a toss-up. Possibly he can start for the Minnesota Vikings, but we don't know that either. Stop saying that this is entirely a racial issue when so many black men kneeled and only one of them doesn't have a job. <laughs> Maybe that contributed to the fact that he doesn't have a job, but Colin Kaepernick struggles with mastering the NFL playbook. He didn't play in the NFL offense in college, barely played in the NFL offense in the NFL. <laughs> Oh, gosh, I'm done, man. I'm done. I'm done. Interesting development since we've been on the on the air, man. Drew Stanton signs with the Cleveland Browns. The New York Jets made an offer to um, Ndamukong Sue, but have rescinded. Uh, Ndamukong Sue is also interviewed with the, uh, if I'm not mistaken, who is he interviewed with? We have to look that up. But Dominican Sue had a couple of interviews this week. I think it was the Rams, the Saints, and the Titans. And um, the Jets have rescinded their offer, so they're no longer pursuing Dominican Sue in free agency. Could he be on the Eagles roster? The Eagles, and this is what's interesting about the Michael Bennett thing, too, man, and I wrote about this yesterday. If the Eagles decide to go ahead and release Michael Bennett, it doesn't hit the cap at all. There's no cap hit if they release Michael Bennett, and they free up about $5.5 million in cap space. Now, this is interesting for two reasons. In spite of the fact that he – say he does get out of this situation and nothing happens, nothing comes of this. You still have the NFL and their conduct policy stuff. So the NFL, as we learned from Ezekiel Elliott last year and as we learned from Ray Rice and all these other situations, regardless of what the court finds, the American justice system can say you're innocent or there's not enough evidence to prosecute you, and the NFL will still perform their own investigation. Nine times out of ten, D.C., it leads to a suspicion. So the court can say you're innocent, and the NFL can still suspend you for four games. That's true. With that being said, if you're the GM or the executive vice president of football operations, Harry Roseman, for the Philadelphia Eagles, do you hold on to Michael Bennett knowing what you know now? <sighs> uh, I'm going to get a lot of back. I may get a lot of back. That's what I'm about to say. Personally, me, I would say, no, I let him play. Because it's like we mm-hmm. all said before. People make mistakes. Who who said that these NFL, NFL players are perfect? They're not. They're humans just like this. They're going to make mistakes. They're going to have their down moments. And it's like it's really, this really has nothing to do with football. This is just a personal thing. Um, whatever they have to do to get through with it or get by, let it be done. But I don't think it should affect his football career. So no. 
right. I'm torn on this one, man. Um, like I said, I expect I don't know what's going to come of this situation. It doesn't sound at this point, and we haven't gathered all the evidence or all the information yet, but it doesn't sound like they have enough to do anything as far as the Houston Police Department is concerned. But there's another issue, and that is the NFL's conduct policy. The NFL can still come in at the end of this and say we're going to suspend him for however long we want to suspend him. Knowing that he's due so much money, do you run the risk of having that money tied up, not knowing if you can. Now, I'm also looking through here. Now, they have options to get out of this contract at the end of uh, in the offseason next season and still not have to own him anything. But do you run the risk of paying um, this much money to somebody who may be gone for a month of the season, two months of the season? We don't know. Do you do that? Whew. Uh, do you really want to run that risk? Uh, if we're thinking from an owner's point of view or a coach's point of view, I, I, I guess I have to say no. Because the one thing you really don't want to affect it is your money. This is how you get your players, and this is how you get better players. I'm pretty sure if I'm not wrong, the Eagles can go out and get another Michael Bennett, if not better, with the money that they would have left over. And so... Mm-hmm. No, I wouldn't, I wouldn't jeopardize my money. No, 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 no. So, I, I know, I know, I just, I know, I just argue with myself there, people. But no, I'm not jeopardizing my money for anything like that. No. We reported on Inside the Eagles yesterday, um, and another excellent article written by yours truly. Bid is owed 1.6 million in 2018. It is a due as roster bonus of five million. If they release him now, it costs them nothing. They also have a potential out in the 2019 offseason. Otherwise, he's due a total of $7 million in 2019 and $8.5 million in 2020. But if the Eagles cut him now or cut it prior to the season, they save $5.6 million by releasing him. Now, it's hard to find Michael Bennett. These guys don't grow on trees. But for $5.6 million, you can add two or three guys to the roster. Um, I'm torn, man. He's such a he's such a wonderful talent that you want him around. He could be the difference maker in another Super Bowl run. He played more snaps than any other defensive lineman on the Philadelphia Eagles roster. And now you have the benefit of bringing him in and rotating him in and out with a Brandon Lamb and a Chris Long and all these other guys. If Chris Long does decide to come back, he's been offered a deal but doesn't know what his role will be um, with the new addition of Michael Bennett. So he's mulling over retirement, but we'll have to wait and see on that one. But um, for all intents and purposes, it, is, it does seem like um, Chris Long should be back on the Philadelphia Eagles roster for 2018. And as a, a lifelong Eagles fan, I definitely hope he is back. But um, there's no dead money on the books if they release him now. And for that reason alone, a lot of people are sitting here thinking to themselves that maybe we should go ahead and move on for him. Interesting thought. <sighs> Well, like I said, but something's up then. I mean, like I said, I'm. I know I said I'm contradicting myself, but I'm. I'm, I'm not gonna jeopardize my money for, like I said, like you said, you can get a whole another player or two more players for that money. So. Yeah. 
Exactly. Here's an interesting story, man, from Kevin Kevin Patra, um, around the NFL writer. Uh, the New England Patriots, just in case you missed it, have both brothers. They have Devin. Uh, they have Devin McCourty, who they signed to play along with Jason McCourty. They're, uh, they're twins, for those who don't know. And this is a quote straight from, it looks like, it looks like Jason, here's a quote straight from him. For me, I'm excited just about the opportunity just to be able now to share the field with Dev and to be able to do something we grew up loving. With this opportunity, you think back to being 10 years old, waking up early, heading to a Pop Warner game. Now, at this point, I'm just excited about being able to go through my off-season workouts with him along my side and be able to catch up and see how much we've grown since that last time. Dream comes true. Two twins join the same roster, and it just happens to be one of the best rosters in the NFL, the New England Patriots, who have a shot at winning it all once again as long as they got number 12. And preseason pick, man, here's what I wait to early pick. A lot of people are thinking that the Patriots win the Super Bowl next year. These Patriots are always going to be a problem for me. <sighs> I mean, no matter what, defensive-wise or whatever, I mean, defense. people always say defense wins games, but as long as you have Tom Brady and Belichick, the Patriots will always be a problem. And having the two twins on the field, it just it just makes it worse. It, it, and don't forget, they also, make- some guy, um, they also got some guy from Rock Hill to play as cornerback, too, you know. South yeah. Carolina Gamecock, by the way. We know GQ. We know. We talking about Stephon <laughs> Gilmore. <laughs> oh yeah. We know. We just had to throw that out. There. Not a bad, not a but, bad lineup. Not a bad lineup at all. Patriots may have it. I don't know. I don't, I don't, you know what? No, I'm sticking with my Steelers. My Steelers. We got it. 2019 Ring Seven. Do you really, do you now? I'm putting you on record here now. Are you are you prepared to go on in in the, the in one of the last weeks of March? Are you prepared to say that the Pittsburgh Steelers will hoist the Lombardi Trophy in next year's Super Bowl, Super Bowl Fifty Three? Are you prepared to say that right now? I have to, man. I'm, I'm a Steelers fan. I can't go against my boy. I have to believe in them. I got to believe in Ben. I got to believe in Tom. I got to believe in my team, man. It, it, it's a Pittsburgh thing. It's a safe bet, man, because when it's all said and done, Jacksonville will still be there. Um, will Jacksonville have that same type of run in 2000? I don't know, man. Will they have that same type of run next season? We don't know. But Jacksonville's good. And Jacksonville looks like they figured it out. They know how to build a team. They know how to coach this team. They know how to build a roster. It looks like they're going to be significant for quite some time. But um, I'm thinking maybe the Steelers get around them next time. Maybe they play all four quarters of football instead of the last half. And maybe Pittsburgh actually gets back to the AFC Championship game. And I'm thinking when they get there, they're going to have those guys on red, white, and blue weight months. So what you're saying is what we're going to have Jacksonville to deal with again? I think Jacksonville's a factor. I think they're going to be there. Um, the NFC is definitely stronger than the AFC right now, man. But there's some good upstart teams in the AFC, man. And a couple more plays. Jacksonville's in that bowl last year, man. But do they take a step back? Do we get a, a recreation of what we saw last year? It's too early to tell that, man. Um, we've seen this before. We've seen teams have these types of runs and then spun of the next season, man. But 
I'm I'm all aboard. I've I've heard I don't know if you've heard this, but I've heard about some beef and some some drama going on between Brady and Belichick. And uh they might be a little mad at each other and this might be Tom yeah, I'm hearing this might be Tom Brady's last year, so on and so forth, man. But um hey, a lot of people are really believing this Patriots team has a chance to hoist the Lombardi uh, next season. And if they do, I might be okay because they didn't hoist the Lombardi this season. Always bet to the Patriots with me. As long I, I as they didn't hoist the Lombardi, as long as they didn't hoist the Lombardi in Super Bowl Fifty Two, we know who did that. Fight, play the fight song. And let me say this, D.C., man, you know the joy of winning a Super Bowl. You know the yes. joy of hoisting the Martin Trophy. For me, this is the first time it's happened for me, man. I can just go ahead and say, man, I know what it feels like now, man. It is so easy to go through the offseason when you've got the, the Lombardi Trophy. This right feels good. Right? <laughs> it's a beautiful thing, isn't it? <laughs> it's a very beautiful thing. It's a very beautiful thing. Oh, man. All school bus, challenger number two. Crank it up. We got one of the all-time favorites. We were just watching a movie the other day, man, and uh, we were watching it with some of the members and going back and forth on Twitter with some of the uh, the Thunderstorm audience and one of our favorite groups of all time. They were our temptations, man. New edition. They officially bumped their way back into the conversation. Song number two on the old school bus, challenger number one, new edition. Let's go.
Soul number two in the old school bus. You've heard the champs, the whinings. Uh, now the two time. Well, I guess that's one title. This is their first title defense. We actually didn't have the battle last week. We just played their song. So first title defense for the whinings. Uh, the challenger, very worthy challenger in new edition. I wish we'd have played a different song though. 
We're going to talk about that off air, but I wish we would have played a different song. We'll talk about that a little bit later on. We're back on the storm. Now, DC, uh, this is before your time, man. We used to do a little segment called um, Say It With Your Chest. <laughs> I think it's time. That's when we were like, I uh, go on his rants and things of that nature, man. But I think it's time we bring Say It With Your Chest back. You had a little something you wanted to say, right? Yeah, GQ is is that okay? Lately, I've been on my Instagram and on my Facebook, and I be seeing all these hold people on. do they hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. We actually got the old school sound bite. We're gonna actually play a little set, ladies and gentlemen. We're bringing Sam with your chest back to the thunderstorm now, featuring DC. We're gonna need you guys to clear the audio a little bit and everything, but here we go. And now it's time for Sam with your chest. Just gotta get a couple things off my chest, homie. Now I play some y'all. We have DC. DC, go ahead. All right. Now, as I was saying, um, I'll be on my Instagram lately. Well, I'll be on my Instagram a lot, and I'll be on my Facebook. And I always see these comedy skits with these men. I'm not saying all of them, but I'm saying majority of them. And I see a lot of them dressing like women or wearing wigs or lip gloss or doing feminine things for laughs. I can kind of understand where this is coming from because, you know, we had – Martin, he played a female role. Um, Jamie Foxx has done it. A lot of the big stars have done it at least once. But my question is, why do black men feel like they have to demasculate themselves for anything, or especially in comedy? GQ, can can you answer that for me? I can't. I think um, it goes back to kind of what we were talking about a little bit last week and what we talked about off of here and what we talked about on social media and all kinds of things. Um, there's been a preconceived idea and a notion that we're just going to emasculate the black male. Um, I look at a lot of these dramas. I look at a lot of these black television shows. I look at a lot of these things. Um, we have to have, for whatever reason, we have to have an effeminate male on a lot of these dramas. We actually have to have um, a gay male on a lot of these dramas. We actually have to have a lot of this stuff, man. Tyler Perry um, with this Medea character. And Tyler Perry, to me, That's man, regardless of how y'all feel about me saying this, Tyler Perry is a one-trick pony, man. Whatever Ooh. we do, whatever we do from a fiction standpoint, well, it, what, no matter what happens, we got to keep coming back to the Medea character. Y'all got the haves and the have-nots. Y'all got all these Meet the Browns and all these shows that Tyler Perry has put together and has got a brand-new show coming out. But I've always said what I've said about Tyler Perry, man. The more successful he got, the further he got away from the Christian standpoint of using that as an avenue to express his talent. It's not about drama. It's not about being loud. It's not about all this other stuff. And um, it is what it is. Tyler Perry is a one-trick pony and keeps putting on that dress, man. I don't see the idea character as funny. I see it as I see it as nasty. I see it as sick. Um, I don't I don't know why being a black male now is fashionable for you to lose your masculinity, but I'm not feeling it at all. And honestly, in my it, opinion, I don't, as, I don't see it as yeah, I don't see it as anything. I see it as part of a bigger problem. And so I mean, it worse, but as I see it, like the way I was raised, um, I'm just putting it honestly. Mama didn't play that. No, you are not walking around in no heels. No, you're not wearing earrings. No, you're not putting on no wig. No, none of that female stuff. You are a boy. You're going to be a boy. That's how I was raised. 
That's how my mom raised me. That's how my father was raised, my uncle, so on. And that's also how I'm going to raise my son when I have one. You are a black male, and you're going to act like a black male. Now, <laughs> it's just... It's just, how can I say this? I really just blame the TV. I blame television. I blame rappers. I just blame black entertainment altogether. Like you said, um, this is, they're the reason why a lot of these kids grow up the way they are now. Because they see it on TV and they think it's cool or they think it's going to get them somewhere by being feminine and all the other things. And I feel like once we get all this nonsense and in my words filth off the TV and off the radio and off social media things will be better off you'll start to see more masculine men you'll start to see boys being boys and it's acting like guys just being what they're supposed to be what God made them to be and it's just I don't know, man. It's, it's, it just baffles me that the black man has always feel like they had to do that. When I look at other comedy skits, and I'm, I'm going to play the race card. I don't, I don't see no white guys dressing like females. I don't see them being feminine. I don't. But why does it always have to come down to black men doing stuff like this? I don't and see, I don't maybe, see maybe, white men emasculated either. I don't see it. Exactly. You see my point. There's no white men, not even actors or anything like that. None of them play a feminine role. So my other question is, is this kind of, how can I say this? The white man's way or the government's way or whoever whoever's doing this behind the scenes stuff, do you think it's their way to try to control the black man? I think it's, Part of, um, I think it's part of a, an issue of trying to control our thought process. I mean, we're not getting slave movies over and over again by accident, man. They want you to think in a slave mentality. They want you to see yourself as slaves. It's not by accident that in order to go to the, the Oscars and actually win one, we have to play our dirtiest, most grimiest roles. It's not by accident that Denzel didn't win uh, Best Actor until he became, he became a crooked pot cop. It's not by accident that Lupita wins because she plays a slave. It's not by accident Halle Berry wins because she takes off all her clothes and lays down under a white man. Um, this is this is Hollywood, and this is how they want to see us. Now, when they can see us in roles that they're comfortable with, we can win Oscars then. They're comfortable with us being slaves and being um, sexually submissive. They're comfortable with us being seen as the crooked cop or the guy who does things the wrong way. But why doesn't Denzel win an Oscar? for uh, being the best supporting actor in Philadelphia? Why doesn't he win one for the other roles he played in? Why does he, doesn't he win one for Malcolm X? It's because they're fit to see you a certain kind of way. And every chance they get to re-explain it to you, and a lot of people are going to say conspiracy theory, but it's not a conspiracy theory when you keep seeing the same thing over and over again. They know exactly what they're doing. They want us to feel like we're feminine. They've always been afraid of strong black men. And if we can take strong black men and turn them into strong black women, then we feel a lot more comfortable because we feel like we can control the woman or the effeminate black male. That's just my opinion. I couldn't say it better myself. And like I said, into all into all my black men out there or my black young guys, just be yourself. Don't feel like you have to be 
another person or another gender or another race to feel accepted or to be successful. No. Just be who you are and always speak your mind and just just always be honest with yourself and keep God with you always. Always do that. GQ, do you have anything to add on to this? Nothing except good job on that, man. That's what it is. Um, I think we've killed that quite a bit. I think we killed it. I think we killed it. All right, we got about 10 minutes left in the show. Old School Bus, song number three. We're going Soka and the Queen of Soka from our Caribbean heads and our friends in the islands. They got to go with the Queen of uh, Soka. Destra Garcia has been placed back into the Old School Bus battle. Uh, but why does they have a problem here? Crank the bus up one more time. Island Island. Island.
Right. 